Good morning. Growing tensions in Israel as the U.S. Secretary of State calls for calm. More cops face discipline in the killing of Tyree Nichols in Memphis. Trump's April Fools. A crusading prosecutor in Atlanta targets the Trump campaign and a choir for the victim of a police shooting. With these and other stories, I'm Paul DiRienzo with the news for Tuesday morning, January 31st, 2023. President Joe Biden informed Congress on Monday that he'll end the twin national emergencies for addressing COVID-19 on May 11th. It comes as lawmakers have already ended elements of the emergencies that kept millions of Americans insured during the pandemic. The decision shifts vaccine development and treatments away from the direct management of the federal government. Former President Donald Trump declared the COVID-19 pandemic a national emergency in March 2020. Despite Biden's announcement, COVID-19 remains a killer. More than 1.1 million people in the U.S. have died from COVID-19 since 2020, and that's according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and includes about 3,700 who died last week. Also on Monday, President Biden said he won't approve sending F-16 fighter jets to Ukraine. Biden answered no to a reporter's question upon his return from a White House trip to Baltimore. Ukraine's plea for fighter jets met with a refusal from Germany as well, whose Chancellor Olaf Scholz recently said he won't send the combat aircraft to Ukraine. Germany recently announced it would send Leopard tanks to Ukraine to blunt an expected Russian offensive in the spring. And Secretary of State Antony Blinken arrived in Israel on Monday where he reiterated Washington's ironclad commitment to the Jewish state as he called for calm as tensions have spiked between Israelis and Palestinians. Meanwhile, Iran has accused Israel of a drone attack against an ammunition factory in the city of Isfahan two days ago. A United States spokesperson agreed with Iran's assessment of the attack. Iran called it a cowardly attack. Meeting with Secretary of State Blinken, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said Israel will do what's necessary to keep Iran from developing a nuclear weapon. Our policy and my policy is to do everything within Israel's power to prevent Iran from acquiring nuclear weapons and the means to deliver them. And that will remain so. Under former President Trump, the U.S. left the Iran agreement forged by his predecessor, Barack Obama. Iran returned to making nuclear bomb fuel soon after. The IAEA reported last summer Iran has enough enriched uranium to make one bomb. The country is also developing a potent missile strike force capable of hitting Israel. Israel still has by far, though, the strongest military in the region and a reported 200 atomic weapons. Palestinian peace activist Issa Amro is in the United States to discuss a play he co-wrote about his experience with nonviolent activism in Israel and the West Bank. Amro has been arrested for nonviolent civil disobedience on several occasions and faces a decade behind bars. I was indicted in 2016, convicted in 2022 in uh, six military charges because non-violence resistance is not allowed according to the Israeli military law. Me and uh, another friend of mine, her name is Inait Wiseman, she's an Israeli Jewish uh, playwright, we decided to write a play about the procedures in the Israeli military court and about what the military court purpose and what the military court means to Palestinians. On the other hand, we wanted to talk about Hebron, about the situation in Hebron, about the Israeli apartheid, segregation, and separation in our own city. In Hebron, on the other hand, I was arrested by the Palestinian Authority for criticizing the leadership for their corruption and dictatorship. And so we, in the play, we described to the audience about the military system, about the Palestinian Authority, 
corruption and about the fragmentation of the Palestinian civil society. On the other hand, we talk about tactics and strategies how to make a revolution. You out on waiting appeal or something like that? I'm appealing. Yeah. I was arrested again in 2022, last November, and I'm on bail now. What could happen? How long did they want to give you in jail for for this? The military system may put you in jail between one year to ten years in jail for resisting the Israeli occupation peacefully. What kind of nonviolent disobedience did you do? I do nonviolent direct actions as rallies, protests, sit-ins. We do a lot of media. We do tours. We do campaigns. We do community activism. We do a lot of lectures. To we do all uh, types of nonviolent uh, resistance, which Mr. King. Other Americans used during the civil rights movement here in the United States. Is there any single incident that they're angry about, that they're, or is it a whole bunch of things? A whole bunch of things. But one of the main incidents was 2013 when Obama, Obama came to Palestine and Israel. I led a group of Israelis and Palestinians to walk in uh, Shohada Street in Hebron uh, wearing masks of Martin Luther King and uh, Obama. The Israeli army arrested Martin Luther King and arrested Obama. That was big, big deal in the media. How come the Israeli occupation doesn't allow Palestinian nonviolence to this? But in general, it's about that. I speak to the international media. I speak to, the, to, to American Jews. I speak to Israelis about Palestinians, about Palestinian nonviolent resistance, about equality, about freedom, about justice. They don't want that voices in, in Palestine. They want all, only violence and they want only to describe the Palestinians. The Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, was uh, met this afternoon, this morning, with uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, and both sides were praising each other for their role in democracy. What do you feel when you see high-level American political figures, Democrats, ones who are always claiming they're the ones for democracy against Trump and all that kind of thing? Many Americans, they are progressive for everything except for Palestine. That is really bad, and I feel a little bit disappointed from this kind of policies. I think every one of us should be progressive for all issues and not to be picky. And the Palestinian cause is really very important to be progressive and feel that Palestinians need support and help and need to be not left alone. This is something very important. The 10 Palestinian fighters were killed in Janine, and we have uh, the synagogue that was attacked a day later, seven, eight people killed there. Tit for tat, that's not good. What do you think is happening? What's happening is that the Israeli new government, which is very infamous for being racist and fascist, especially being Veer and Smotrich, the Kahanists, you know, the Jewish Defense League supporter who were on the State Department uh, terrorist list. They are now ministers in Israel. The first moment they got elected, they started inciting against Palestinians to kill Palestinians, to displace Palestinians, to demolish Palestinian homes. That really made many Palestinians angry. Not only that, they started using a huge amount of violence against Palestinians in West Bank, especially in the refugee camps. They really don't listen to other voices, even in Israel. There are many protesters in Israel they don't want that the kind of fascist government, racist government. They protest with tens of thousands all over, you know, because this, the new government, they want to change everything. So this violent circle will continue like that. You know, nothing will stop the violent circle if Palestinians don't get their full rights. 
I don't justify violence. I'm sure that non-violence resistance is the best methodology to end the Israeli occupation and the apartheid. But that's what is happening now, unfortunately. Palestinian peace activist Issa Amro, he's founder of Youth Against Settlements. Israel receives $3.8 billion in U.S. military aid annually, and Biden increased the assistance by $1 billion last year. And in national news... Two more Memphis police officers have been disciplined and three emergency responders fired in connection with the beating death of Tyre Nichols. That brought the total number of Memphis officers who have been disciplined to seven, including the five officers fired and charged last week with second-degree murder. Records show an ambulance took 27 minutes after being called to transport Nichols to a hospital. Memphis Police Department officers used a stun gun, a baton, and their fists as they pummeled Nichols during the nighttime arrest. Nichols, an unarmed 29-year-old father with no criminal record, was heard calling for his mother and seen struggling with his injuries as he sat helpless on the pavement. Civil rights attorney Ben Crump says the race of the officers who beat down Tyree shows policing is the problem. It's not the race of the police officer that is the determining factor of whether they engage in this excessive use of force, but it is the race of the citizen, the black and brown citizens. The five fired officers were part of the so-called Scorpion Unit, which targeted violent criminals in high crime areas. The police chief, Sarah Davis, said Saturday that the unit had been disbanded. And the murder of Tyre Nichols was front and center on Capitol Hill today. Senate Majority Whip Dick Durbin said politics is keeping Congress from effective legislation to reform policing. In the last Congress, Senator Cory Booker of New Jersey led an effort to build bipartisan support for policing reform legislation that national police groups and civil rights advocates could endorse. He worked with Tim Scott, a Republican senator from South Carolina. They invited me and Senator Lindsey Graham into their deliberations. They were close to making some progress toward our goals. But even if you look at their goals, which I believe were good, they're not enough. Simply to say we're going to ban chokeholds or we're going to deal with warrantless searches in a different way doesn't get to the heart of the issue. What's in the mind of these policemen when they're executing their job, doing their duty? Is it the right way to approach things? But GOP Senator Tim Scott, who's black, says the Democrats insulted his attempt to pass a reform legislation as a token bill. I've asked for something that will make our officers better and safer and make our communities better and safer. Another time I have asked for more resources for recruitment so that we can have only the best wearing the badge. Meanwhile, protests occurred throughout the country after the gut-wrenching video of the five officers taking turns beating, kicking, and stopping Nichols. Nichols tried to flee but was grabbed and then beaten again. In New York City, hundreds gathered in Washington Square Park where Black Lives Matter activist Tamika Mallory encouraged more protests and political action. What we are dealing with is serious. And as the brother said right before me, if you came out here for one incident, go home. Go home and find a deeper meaning for what it will take for us to overhaul these systems. If you are out here calling for police reform, don't use the word reform around black folks. They've been telling us about reform for far too long. We want the shit shut down. 
You cannot train white supremacy. You have to shut it down. Don't tell us about good cops, even if they're in your family. Because if they're not standing here with us tonight, they can go to hell. Black Lives Matter activist Tamika Mallory Saturday night in Washington Square Park. Another speaker was Queen, who says she's just sick and tired and she's had enough. It's time for people to take action. If we're looking in this park, truly Tyree Nichols could have been here tonight. Could have been out here skateboarding. Freely had the capacity and the freedom to live. They were an artist. A photographer, freelance photographer. They were no harm to five and plus police officers who not only beat him, they tore him limb by limb. His mother described the real accounting of how her son's body was found. They lied. The police lied. We know that. But they lied. The police. They said that he was driving under the influence and they had to pepper spray and tase him to sedate him. The mother said that her son's neck was broken. His head was swollen. His nose was the size and the shape of an S. Shame. Shame. Shame! 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 We are done dying. We are done dying. Black people are done dying in this fucking country. Because y'all don't respect us. Y'all don't believe us. When we run away from these situations, it is not because we want to run a fucking sprint. We are running in terror. This young man ran even after being beaten. He ran to try to get to freedom. And they still beat him down to a pulp. That is the reality. That is how America treats black bodies. Queen was one of the speakers Saturday night at Washington Square Park. And you're listening to the news from New York City. I'm Paul DiRienzo. During a campaign speech in New Hampshire on Saturday, former President Donald Trump blasted Joe Biden, calling Biden the insulting name Brandon and claiming every day is April Fool's Day under the Democrats. And then it turned out today they just announced that House was used as Hunter Biden's office to deal with foreign countries. Can you believe it? Oh, you didn't hear that. <laughs> they got a bigger charge than I thought. Most people, they're so used to this corruption, there's not much of a charge. 
You go, yes, 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 every day in America has become April Fool's Day. This is what it feels like. But even as Trump plows ahead with his campaign to regain the White House in 2024, the former president and his campaign has been put on notice by the no-nonsense district attorney of Fulton County, Georgia, that she was likely to seek criminal charges for alleged election subversion. DA Fannie Willis asked the judge to withhold a grand jury report on the two-year investigation to avoid prejudicing cases against potential defendants. Willis opened her office's investigation shortly after the release of a recording of a January 2, 2021 phone call between Trump and Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. The then-president suggested that Raffensperger, a fellow Republican, could find the votes needed to overturn Trump's narrow election loss in the state to Biden. Investigative journalist Greg Palace has been following the case. He said, find me 11,000 and change votes, so then he could win. Uh, our former president is not as dumb as his hairdo suggests. He said, find me votes. He didn't say make up votes, throw out ballots illegally. What he was pushing for, when he said find me votes, he really means find 12,000 of Biden's votes and disqualify them. Brad Raffensperger, who's supposed to be the great man for all seasons standing up to Trump, did find thousands of votes for Trump. He actually went on quite a hunt and did disqualify many thousands. But not to the point where you begin disqualifying clearly legitimate ballots. That gets you into that felony zone. And, you know, um, our last president, he's not only been in the Oval Office, but he's never been in prison, despite dancing on the edge many times. I hate to say it, his words are pretty carefully chosen. It's going to be hard to make a case against him on the basis of that call. But it's not the call. That's the thing that the media has been fascinated with, the phone call, because I don't think that there's an indictment there. And I talk as someone who's worked on racketeering cases in Georgia, and I've spent nine years investigating in Georgia. I was an investigator, including for the U.S. Justice Department, and I worked in the state of Florida. The one thing that Fannie Willis has going on her side, if uh, she's contemplating going after Trump, is that the RICO laws, the racketeering laws, the conspiracy laws of Georgia are tougher than the federal laws. What she is absolutely going for, having watched the people that she's called in and the evidence that she's gathering, her main case is against those who have created or filed as electors for Donald Trump who never ran for office. Keep in mind, if you weren't stoned during civics class, we do not vote in America for president of the United States. We never vote for president. We vote for electors who go to the electoral college and cast their votes for president. We don't vote for Trump. We don't vote for Biden. If you look carefully, we vote simply for a slate of electors committed to Trump or Biden or whatever presidential candidate. Now, what Trump tried to pull, well, I shouldn't say Trump, we want to be a bit careful. Rudy Giuliani, who I expect to be indicted, and other operatives in the uh, Georgia and federal GOP, pushed to create fake slates of electors. That is, these people who never ran for office. So Trump had his slate of electors. Most of those people said, we lost. We're not going to certify that we won. In other words, each elector has to certify in a statement if they won. I am a proper elector, and I was elected by the people. 
Well, these people that Rudy Giuliani came up with, this whole slate of electors, and also that was a concept created by this lawyer from California, John Eastman, was to create fakes who never ran for office, and yet they're claiming that they are victors. And that's the list that they were going to send to Mike Pence, and Trump told Mike Pence, all you have to do is accept these other electors. That's what's the illegal. Is, it's like yeah. Paul DiRienzo saying, uh, certifying a letter, sending a letter to the city council, please certify that I was elected mayor. Did you run for mayor? No. <laughs> Did anyone vote for you? No. You mailed it. By the way, they mail in the letter and understand that mail fraud, it's called under racketeering law, a predicate act. So mail fraud is a predicate act. In federal law, it might be difficult, but under Georgia law, that looks like racketeering conspiracy to me under Georgia law. Absolutely. That's Giuliani and his fake electors. And the question is, I know the chairman of the Republican Party in Georgia is claiming he didn't encourage this because he obviously doesn't want to go to prison. That's where the indictments will be. Giuliani and his slate of electors. Investigative journalist Greg Palast. In an interview, Trump insisted he did absolutely nothing wrong and that his phone call with Raffensperger was perfect. Trump faces other, potentially more serious investigations. In November, Attorney General Merrick Garland tapped Prosecutor Jack Smith to oversee investigations into Trump's actions before the January 6, 2021 Capitol riot and his possession of hundreds of classified documents at his resort in Florida. In more news from Georgia, a coalition of more than 1,300 climate and racial justice groups from across the United States on Monday joined a call for an independent investigation into the police killing of forest defender Manuel Paez Tehran earlier this month and demanded the resignation of Atlanta Mayor Andre Dickens. Nearly two weeks after the fatal shooting of the 26-year-old activist and medic known as Tortuguita, Dickens has still failed to condemn the killing, said the groups. Tortuguita was shot and killed on January 18th when a joint task force, including Atlanta police, raided an encampment at a forest in the city. The forest is the site of a proposed $90 million police training facility, also known by protesters as Cop City. Over the weekend, Dickens, a Democrat, condemned people who have protested Tortuguita's killing in Atlanta, accusing protesters of traveling to the city to wreak havoc at demonstrations that were overwhelmingly peaceful. Cobb City is protesters' name for the training facility to be built on the forest surrounded by a poor black neighborhood. One of the funders of the project is Chase Bank. And in New York last Friday, Reverend Billy, who's well known as an environmentalist and songster and members of his Stop Shopping Choir, set up a tent at a Chase branch in Rockefeller Center. Reverend Billy, who's well known in New York, described the action on Sunday. The Chase Southeast area vice president is on the board. Jamie Dimon's doing that. They're going to make target practice. They're going to make movie theaters. They're going to make grocery stores. They're going to make dormitories. They're going to make every kind of target practice you can imagine, from everything from tanks and anti-personnel trucks down to, to guns and submachine guns. They're going to have, they're going to build special apartment houses that approximated our homes so that they'll learn how to be SWAT teams and come in and like fire a bullet up a hallway without turning the corner. Uh, it's a horrific nightmare. And there are a bunch of forest protectors in the middle of it in their in their in their in their tents. And they shot and killed Tortuguita. And they're not telling anybody how it happened. They they didn't have body cams. It's that regression back to secrecy. 
J.P. Morgan is financing Cop City. We don't need a city for cops. Right. In the run-up to the killing of the young activists, protesters have been arrested under racketeering charges, usually reserved for prosecuting gangs. Investigative reporter Greg Palace has spent years covering Georgia politics. He says that's nothing new. She's a tough prosecutor and not a tough Democratic prosecutor. She's just a tough prosecutor. I'm not sure that I agree with her uh, extensive use of racketeering laws. And when it comes to protests, she's used them against gang members. This is a new problem that we have to deal with in America is the criminalizing protest. So we do have this problem of, of basically criminalizing protest. And if a protest, for example, gets out of hand and some windows are broken, instead of going after people and saying, okay, you're arrested for breaking a window, that's a, you know, that's a vandalism offense or whatever, which is somewhat usually a misdemeanor, we're turning them into major federal crimes. How come a wounded police officer has disappeared from sight? Well, welcome to Georgia. I've been going there for nine years. If you want to read my reports on Georgia or see my films from Georgia, go to gregpalast.com. I don't live there. I just report on Georgia from a safe distance. Investigative reporter Greg Palast. After Reverend Billy spoke on Sunday, the choir sang a song they wrote for the occasion. No city for cops And that's the news for Monday, January 30th, 2023. The news is produced by this reporter. You can find the news at pauldurienzo.com. From New York City, I'm Paul Durienzo. Thanks for listening.